Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. I think the big change I've seen is primarily around B2B, how they market and promote themselves is very close to a lot of these B2C SaaS companies. We see a rise of videos and videos doesn't have to be highly produced. For the last two years, the most successful companies have been the ones able to adapt their services, strategies, and brand to a changing global environment. So it's just shifting. We've experimented with what other forms of video and content we can put out there that can drive attention and drive engagement. Because there's so much noise, there's so much stuff out there. How do you stand out? And I think that's where uh, a lot of these SaaS companies are changing in terms of driving marketing and branding. Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. With consumers glued to their screens like never before, digital marketing has absolutely exploded to account for more than half of all marketing budgets in the US. In 2021, the average person was estimated to encounter between 6,000 and 10,000 ads every single day, most on their smartphones and computers. Customers are bombarded with messaging telling them to buy products, but how do they sift through all that noise and decide which products and services make sense to them? That's where the brand comes in, your company's unique reputation and associations. Here to unpack the advantages of building the corporate brand is industry expert Dux Raymond Sai, Chief Brand Officer at Avpoint, a NASDAQ-listed company under the symbol AVPT. Founded in 2001, and Avpoint is the largest independent software vendor of SaaS data solutions for Microsoft 365 and they migrate, manage, and protect data in Google, Microsoft Cloud, SharePoint, and Salesforce, optimizing SaaS operations and secure collaboration. I spoke with Ducks about the differences between marketing and branding. There's a nuance there and how Avpoint is establishing their brand based on customer confidence and digital marketing shifts he's seen in the SaaS space coming out of the pandemic. Let's enter the arena with Ducks side. You know, I'm actually, I would say a poser. I don't have formal marketing or branding background. I started my career as a techie, as a developer, as a coder. My first job was for a small German company called Siemens. And, yeah. and then a couple of years working uh, in coding, I realized I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I started my own tech consulting business in the late nineties. And boy, I realized just being good technically doesn't grow my business. 
to learn sales. I had to learn marketing. And at that time, I didn't have all the money in the world to promote my business. So I said, okay, how do I get myself out there? Oh, I know. I'm going to write a book. At that time, uh, there's these book series from O'Reilly Media. They write really good tech books. I also wrote a book to raise the visibility of ICR, which I'm sure no one has read, but you could still buy it on Amazon. <laughs> there you go. You know what? I'll send you a signed copy of my book. You send me a signed copy of your All right. book. And, and then when I wrote the book, I said, uh, okay, this is going to help my business. Nothing quite yet, but fortunately, the publisher, they're like, you know, there's this thing called thought leadership marketing. This Remember, this is early 2000. I said, what does that mean? What do I do? Okay, so you got to sign up on LinkedIn and you got to sign up these things called social media, Twitter account, and you got to start speaking in these industry events. I go, but I don't know anyone. I said, don't worry, we got you. So they promoted me and I got visibility through these industry events. And, and that's how I grew my small little consulting business. And in 2013, I joined AppPoint as a CTO of our US public sector business. Uh, shortly after, maybe two years in AppPoint, our CMO left and our CEO talked to me and said, hey, you've done marketing before, right? I go, yeah, kind of, for a small little consulting company. He's like, why don't you look after marketing and, and see what you think and if this is something you want to take on. So I served as a CMO for a couple of years where at that time, before we were public, the focus of marketing here at AppPoint was to drive leads, to drive demand, to get business in, grow by our pipeline. I'm sure you know the drill. And then as we were about to go public, we said, okay, what else do we need? What are some of the gaps that we need to fill? And one area is around brand. Again, as a company, we didn't really invested much in brand. Brand grew as a result of all of our demand generation activities, but now we're public. It's very important for us to raise our profile, drive brand awareness and engagement. So I took on this role as chief brand officer where our team really looks after how do we drive AppPoint more publicly and also continue that engagement with our stakeholders. It's absolutely critical. There's such a, a nuance because, yeah, marketing is like, let's drive sales. The brand is a little bit more general, but has to be taken care of, has to be preserved and enhanced. And there's so many stakeholders now and information gets out of companies immediately and it goes to every single stakeholder do you look at it almost like a, a a 360 approach with all of those different stakeholders and and how you become the employer of choice and business partners and shareholders and the media it, you have a lot on your shoulders 100 percent. and really the way i think about it right it's an intent experience across our investors our customers our potential employees our existing employees and even partners I look at successful brands out there. Successful brands are memorable. People remember them. They're aspirational and, and they're consistent. I mean, let's say BMW, their tagline, the ultimate driving machine has been the same tagline since the 70s and they're still as relevant today. And then when I talk about experiences, it's really, you have a strong affinity to a strong brand. You know, Volvo, for example, when I say the word Volvo, What's the very first word you think of to describe them, Tom? Safety. Exactly. Volvo safety. Apple We didn't luxury. even rehearse that. That's pretty good. No. <laughs> Disney magic. Yeah. But this was intentional. I came across a case study with Volvo in the early 80s. 
they decided they want to own the word safety as a part of their brand internally and externally. So everything they did, be it through intentional brand campaigns or even internal messaging they do around the products that they build, is all around safety. And, and that's what we're after today. You're exactly right. Marketing is all about sales, but brand is all about the experience, the feeling that a brand evokes. If you get it right, it can be like so powerful. It could drive sales well above anything marketing could ever do, right? Let's uh, back up for one second. Maybe just tell us in your words what AppPoint does. We provide the most advanced platform for SaaS management and data management. And to break that down further, right, especially to all the listeners out there, when we talk about SaaS, it's software as a service. Everyone today is using software as a service. So be it Box, Dropbox, Google Workspace, Office 365, even WhatsApp, I can consider as a software as a service. And what we do is we take those technologies. So let me pick one, let's say Google Workspace, right? Or Office 365. A lot of companies out there use these technologies, large or small, but then in a lot of cases, they may need advanced capabilities to make sure their data is much more protected and it's much more governed. So that's where we come in. So let's pick Microsoft. So let's say you're using email, using Outlook, and for some reason, you delete your email. And people do that, right? I delete my email. Yep. And four years later, I get a call from Ernst & Young. Hey, we need to audit some of the information you use. And part of which I may have an email around some financial project I was on. And lo and behold, I'm bounded by Sarbanes-Oxley compliance. Well, guess what? If you're using these SaaS or cloud-based technologies, it's not as easy as calling Microsoft. Hey, can you get that email from four years ago back to me? It, they just don't do that. Yeah. So, for example, in that scenario, we have a solution for backing up those data, be it email or Excel file or chats that you had that was deleted. So that's one of many technologies we have. So when we say we're the most advanced platform for SaaS management and data management, we're advanced because we take care of Microsoft, Google, Salesforce, a box and it's growing, we're gonna support Slack, right? So every aspects of data, we make sure we secure the data and we make sure that your collaboration is safe. Yep, and you have, am I correct in saying more than 8 million cloud users on your solution correct. platform? That's like nuts. And your clients are who's who of the global Fortune 500, all that stuff, right? Absolutely. We, we're global. We're in 14 countries, 29 offices. Our customers are from large scale. The U.S. government, for example, State Department is a big customer, American Express in the financial sector. But then we also work with partners that su support smaller organizations as well. Because now at SaaS, the same solutions we offer large, complex organizations also available for all different sizes of organizations. As well. What's the trick to dealing with the brand across 29 countries with different languages and cultures and all of that. How do you do that? I assume you've got like a army of people that help you do it. Not an army of people. We have a lot of smart people in each of the region. You know, on the corporate level, uh, we have a team that at least provides a basis, the foundation of the messaging of the brand. But regionally, there are nuances like you described, right? For example, we have a product around governance, but that word governance doesn't really translate in uh, the German speaking countries. So we would have to tailor it and tweak it. 
The same, obviously, in APAC, there are certain nuances culturally in Japan or Singapore or、uh, Australia. Yeah. So we have field marketers that we work with and agencies in some of the regions. So take me back to、uh, March of 2020 when you know, COVID rolls out for the first time. You didn't know how severe it was going to be. How did AvPoint change? How did your job change? Take me through the first you know, four or five months. Absolutely. So, just like us, it was March 19th. I remember I was in an office. We made the decision everybody、uh, don't come to work. And as senior leadership, first of all, we first talked about internally the team, right? So, worst case scenario, we don't get business, no cash flow, no income. How long can we survive? So, we did that math. And fortunately, the business is healthy, cash positive. We can survive for a good almost a year. If, if for some reason we don't get business. So that's number one. Number two, we made sure that everybody's safe and if there's anybody who needs help. But then we started thinking about our customers because certainly this is not the time to go and say, hey, we got to close that deal or, or we need to upsell. So we actually offered a lot of our solutions because at that time, some of our customers aren't ready to work remotely. Everything was on premises, nobody was using remote stuff. So we offered Some of our software s for free and some of our services for free. We help some customers migrate to the cloud so they can work and access the data they use. We offered some of our, we call the work from home package, work from home solution, so they can collaborate easily and securely. So that's, I think, one of the quick things we did to support our customers as well. And even non customers, there are organizations out there, especially nonprofits. In government that may not have the budget or expertise. So we, we said, look, we're going to help as much as we can.、And、then I guess the last thing we did is really pivoting now around our messaging and our motions around what we can help support the business if there's still business, right? So we started looking at, okay, migration will be big. So let's push our migration products. And then, second, backup would be big because now as people start using the cloud, You know, they want to make sure data is backed up and safe and, and stored well as well. Yeah. And I think all those things, particularly being there for your customers and giving them some complimentary services and all of that is like so. Talk about the brand and managing the brand. It's like killer for what you guys are trying to do. And the goodwill you built from that must have been pretty incredible. From day one, Our tagline is enable organizations to collaborate with confidence. And that's still true to this day. While we started 20 years ago, obviously, cloud did not exist. We built products so that existing collaboration tools that companies use、uh, can be augmented with some of the capabilities we have to make it more secure. And, and that's what we offer confidence. And, and going back to that one word like Volvo safety, the North Star for us is one day when we say App Point, people will say confidence. Regardless of our products, but also the people they work with. Knock on wood, the pandemic seems to be finally subsiding. We're entering a period where companies will need to evaluate the results of the crisis led decisions they made in 2020 and settle into strategies that'll carry them into the future. I asked Dux. What he sees as the long term impacts of the last two years on the way enterprise tech and SaaS will be marketed and sold. I say from two lenses, right? So if you look at SaaS, SaaS is still a very 
big industry. So there's the what I would call B2C, where straight to consumer, and you see a lot of them, I would say like Box is a B2C, Slack is a B2C. And then you would have B2B SaaS companies. Microsoft is a B2B SaaS company. Salesforce is B2B. I think the big change I've seen is primarily around B2B, how they market and promote themselves is very close to a lot of these B2C SaaS companies, meaning it's not where it used to be prior to the pandemic. I, I call it more of like the IBM approach, which is nothing wrong, but it's more structured campaigns are multi-million dollar budget, uh, big events. And because of the pandemic, these big events can't happen. So that's one. Yeah. Number two is we see a rise of videos, for example. And videos doesn't have to be highly produced. I mean, we see you know, how TikTok now is the most visited website with Google and YouTube combined, right? So, yeah. so it's just shifting. And that shifted the thinking of a lot of B2B SaaS companies as well. So, for example, for us, a few years ago, we've experimented with what other forms of video and content we can put out there. Not only that is relevant to us, but more importantly, that could drive attention and drive engagement. And that's the name of the game today because there's so much noise. There's so much stuff out there. How do you stand out? And I think that's where uh, a lot of these SaaS companies are changing in terms of driving marketing and branding. When you think about it and you talk about it, you're like, wow, that's obvious. But, you know, some of the best brands, like I, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but I always think about Intel, right? Intel inside. Yes. And as a consumer, it's a chip. I don't know anything about it, but I know Intel inside. And wow, I should be looking for that. To me, that was like a groundbreaking approach. You guys have a new ad campaign. What is it like and how can people look for that? Absolutely. And, and just quickly with Intel Inside, I think the smart thing about that, they had a brand marker to those stickers, right? Yeah. That's so that's right. what you look for. But for us, so as we're public, we want to drive more brand awareness. So our first ad campaign is around driving our brand. And as we worked on this, we thought about, okay, if the goal is to drive our brand, the goal is really to grab attention. So when we started thinking about our campaign, you know, ideating, how do we grab attention in this new world of there's so much videos. Every other signal out there wants to get you. So we have to be different. And as we think about being different, our new ad is really an abstract narrative on the link between tech and culture. So if you look at the last two years, right, we're all at home, we're working. So Zoom calls or Teams calls. But then there's this movement, too, around uh, how we dress ourselves. Everything's now about stretchy jeans and and. We don't wear suits anymore, right? So, so we looked at all these different aspects of tech and work because that's the world we live in. We work in, you know, the technologies we support are, are what's called hybrid work technologies, your Microsoft, your Google. So, so we looked at all that and we ended up in a place where our campaign is called SaaS in style. So it's a fusion of tech and software and hybrid work. Because the software has become a lifestyle for us hybrid workers, we're portraying our software in the same way that a designer would promote a streetwear line. In, in the past couple of years, we've heard a lot about these uh, drops, right? Like merch drops and, and some fashion design. So during the pandemic, we thought about the rise of hybrid and remote work, push our solutions into the spotlight. And we're grateful for that. Our business has grown and thrived because companies relied heavily on like, 365, 
Google Workspace. So as these lines blurred work and life, it's hard to tell if we're working from home or we're living in our offices. So now SaaS and style evokes a desire among the audience and best represent the level of sophistication we strive as a brand. So if you look at the ad, everybody should see it on LinkedIn. If not, just go to adpoint.com slash instyle. It looks like a new fashion brand. When you first watch the ad, you're thinking, wow, is this a new Chanel perfume or is this a new, <laughs> new Armani line? But in the end, it's really about how SaaS is in style. Yeah, it's pretty cool because with a remote workforce, I often wonder about employee engagement and how do you pull people together? What's the common thread? And among other things, you're right, software is the common thread that connects everybody in, in your business pursuits. And why not make that into a, a real human connection? If you were talking about this in 2018, people might raise an eyebrow at you, but the more you think about it, the more it makes sense, the way people have done business for years and years and years is just flat out changed. And I'm not a marketer, but it, it feels to me like more of a pull strategy where you're starting from all of the team members at the bottom. They tell the CEO, hey, you better get on board and be engaged in this versus kind of the IT department going into the CEO and saying, you got to get on board, right? Exactly. And what's exciting so far, so the, the campaign's been running for two, three weeks. And all the signs are, are great. Uh, we've got positive engagement. So at least what we're seeing online, all the sentiments are positive and the numbers show it. So our traffic, our views and people staying on our site, watching all this. So it's working. And you, you talk about IT. When we, we were first ideating, some of our senior leaders were like, maybe our commercial should be, you know, a conference room with cameras and computers. And then we're like, well, it's no different than any other tech company. We can't grab attention that way. Yeah. It seems like a bit of a high wire act because maybe the way you used to market yourselves or the brand into the IT department isn't like completely gone, right? You, mm -hmm. you have to maintain those relationships. At the same time, you're working towards elevating the brand among the individual. How do you walk that? Well, the purpose of our ad campaign was drive awareness for people who don't know us which I believe it's, it's uh, meeting that goal. Yep. But then for the people who know us, when they see it, in fact, even employees or, or existing customers, they're going to look and say, wow, this is not my grandfather's app point anymore. Yeah. And in fact, we, we thought through this heavily because we don't want to alienate our existing customer, existing stakeholders. So it comes across as an elevated position where AppPoint is more than just the AppPoint I knew. And they can offer more, they can support more, and they can help not only IT, but also the business. Because that's one of the other thing we're expanding as a growing company is, sure, we still have technologies that keep the lights on in the back office, as they would say, working with IT. But we've introduced a lot of new capabilities for folks in the front lines in the business. So for example, we just released a technology for M&A, it's called Confide, where bankers across different companies and lawyers can better work together in a secure way. Uh, we have technologies for corporate learning and higher education where, for example, if you're a corporate trainer or a teacher, you can go to the system and say, hey, can you spit out a 10 question multiple choice exam on World War II? So it's gonna scour all my notes and they'll spit out an exam powered by AI. Uh, exam, for example, we work with certification bodies that we could do remote proctoring with AI. It will know if you're cheating or not. 
So we have a lot of those cool solutions for the business side equally as for the IT side. Going direct to consumers and team members and employees, like out of 100% of all the companies that are B2B tech, and there are a lot of them, how many do you think are kind of doing it? Is it kind of like the early innings of, of this shift? Because obviously the world has changed, but a lot of marketing and branding techniques are lagging and they have yet to change. Again, just going by, I think about the B2B SaaS companies, right? Like us, we're one of the early adopters, so to speak, in doing this. In fact, I had a great awakening as we went through this. So let me give you an example. So as we were figuring out where to promote this, obviously we said, okay, we got to promote where our audience is. LinkedIn, yep. no question. Google and you know YouTube. But then one of my colleagues suggested we should be on TikTok. And then I laughed. I'm like, are you joking? He's like, no. I go, with all due respect, our audience is not on TikTok. Because we're selling to the CIOs, the CHROs, or IT decision makers. Unless you're selling to my 15-year-old twin daughters, right? Like, that seems a little out of left field. Correct. That's what I said. But this person who said, okay, let's think about this. Sure, ducks, you have kids. I have a 16-year-old, 11-year-old. What do you do on Friday night at 5 o'clock? Do you let your kids alone on TikTok? I go, no. In fact, I created a TikTok account with my daughter. I watch it with them. So the suggestion is, we're not saying we're not going to do LinkedIn, your main channels, but we should not discount these other channels. Marketing now or branding is not even on B2B. It's business to human. We want to get you where you're at. Sure, Monday to Friday, 8 to 5, you're on these business channels. But after hours, you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram, you're scrolling aimlessly over the weekend just to watch, you know, and, and follow the look, look at nice cars on Instagram. Why not show you an ad there as well? I go, actually, that's brilliant. And then now we can follow you everywhere. You saw this ad on LinkedIn, and then you saw the thing on TikTok. You saw, and it's not only one time that you see this thing that you'll engage, you have to see it multiple times. So that's one of, the, one of my biggest lessons, which so far I'm, I'm seeing it work. And again, not every company is doing it. From CTO to CMO and now Chief Brand Officer, Dux has seen AvPoint from all angles. That's the kind of deep understanding you need in order to create a successful, adaptable brand that can adjust to changes in buyer behavior. AvPoint hasn't just endured the last two years, they've innovated. They've adjusted to a changing consumer habit and are building the brand recognition and reputation that will bring them over the next 20 years. Welcome to the arena. We're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating. The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon-to-be public companies. One more big thanks to Ducks for joining me today on the podcast. He's got a huge job managing AvPoint's brand across all the countries around the world in a growing number of categories. They are challenging what we know as traditional B2B marketing and creating a brand that is equally relevant to consumers and IT departments alike. We'll see you next time back in the arena.
References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only, and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.